Coming up on this Friday, we're recapping Kyle Larson's late model show, talking changes to world finals and looking ahead to a busy dirt racing weekend. Let's go. Today is Friday, April 15th, 2022. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. We've got a busy dirt racing weekend ahead, but first, let's talk last night's racing and a news item or two before we get into what's coming up. At Volunteer Speedway last night, we got the first ever Kyle Larson Late Model Challenge. We actually ended up with over 40 cars, which is probably about 10 more than I'd expected we get. At the front of the feature, though, it was the guys you'd expect to be fast at a place like Bulls Gap. Mike Marler dominated the 50-lapper from the pole, leading wire to wire. Jimmy Owens and Scott Bloomquist completed the podium with Kyle Larson and Jonathan Davenport rounding out the top five. It was a nice $20,000 payday for Marler and a good weekend warm-up for a lot of these guys who will now spread out around the South for some of the shows coming up. From an outside perspective, the event looked like a pretty big success. They had a very good crowd and, again, a strong field of late models. So I don't think there's any reason to believe something like this from Larson and Flow Racing wouldn't happen again in the future. I did like Clint Boyer on the call with Ben Shelton and Dustin Jarrett. I think he added a little something extra to the show. He's obviously very knowledgeable as well about dirt lane model racing. Also, shout out to that poor Bulls Gap flagman who dropped that yellow almost onto the racetrack near halfway and then had to throw a red flag to be able to run down the stairs and grab the misplaced laundry. Something you don't see very often there. I also wanted to touch on William Byron and his appearance last night. I tweeted about this as well. He definitely took some flack on social media for struggling a bit. And there were some out there critical of him getting a promoter's provisional into the feature. I don't like either sentiment. First, Byron came up on pavement and almost has no dirt experience. Jumping into a super light model was a big deal. I'm not sure what the expectations are for someone like that, getting into a super against that field of drivers. I honestly thought he did pretty well. He got out of the way of the leaders in the feature when he got lapped and eventually pulled off. Also, why wouldn't the only other NASCAR Cup driver in the field get a provisional for a one-off race that literally didn't exist a few weeks ago? He was the most recent winner in the Cup Series, and it didn't hurt anyone for him to get the last starting spot. It, it's like he got a free pass into the feature at the World or the Dirt Track World Championship. I thought it was cool to see Byron to get out of his comfort zone and jump into that situation. I don't understand the flack he took there. Another thing that sprang out of last night was sprint car driver Brian Brown tweeting at Flow Racing asking how he could promote a midweek sprint car show similar to what we saw last night with Larson's deal and also kind of like the Flow Racing Night in, a, uh, Night in America late model series we've seen. I know behind the scenes there has been chatter about Flow doing something similar for sprint cars and I wouldn't be surprised to see something happen in the future. Brownie was clearly interested in having discussions with them about doing an event. I think Michael Rigsby has taken some heat about this because it seems to some like he's just doing late model stuff through flow, but in his defense, I think the sprint car situation is a little muddier and more difficult. The Outlaws and All-Stars already have absolutely huge schedules, and the Outlaw drivers wouldn't be able to participate in something like that. So there are challenges here that you wouldn't find on the late model side. With these flow late model shows, you're able to draw those big name drivers, but the pool would obviously be much smaller on the sprint car side. Definitely curious to see what pops out of these discussions in the future, though. In other news from yesterday, World Racing Group announced changes to World Finals for 2022. This year, the event at the dirt track at World uh, the dirt track at World Charlotte the dirt track at Charlotte expands from three days to four, and more money will be on the line for competitors. It's been a point of contention that World Finals kind of being that big event at the end of the season for the Outlaws and the Super Dirt Car Series didn't pay bigger purses for each division. 
That is getting rectified with this new version of the event, though. More than $600,000 in purse money will be paid out over the week, with the early week features for the Outlaws paying $15,000 to win, and the finales paying $25,000 to win. The big blocks will then race for $10,000 and uh, $15,000 on their end. And along with the expanded purse, we're getting a little bit of a different event format as well. Each series will race twice between Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then drivers will earn points to set heat race lineups for Saturday's finales. So Wednesday, November 2nd is both Outlaw Series, Thursday the 3rd is Sprint Cars and the Big Blocks, Friday is the Big Blocks and the Light Models, and then all three will run on Saturday. And then on the night where a series isn't racing, the track and WRG have promised increased fan engagement with the drivers with added activities throughout the venue. We'll have to see what that actually means as more details weren't provided in the release. So good to see this event expand and for teams to be racing for more cash. I wonder too if in the future World Finals could include the Extreme Series as well as that non-wing stuff expands for them. To see the full release, head over to worldaboutlaws.com. Speaking of the Outlaws, the Sprint Cars are headed for the Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55 this weekend. They are scheduled for two shows tonight and tomorrow night. Pay attention to things today, though, as rain is expected to move through the area at some point. So delays or a cancellation is possible. Saturday looks pretty good, though. Brad Sweet carries a 40-point lead into the event over David Gravel with Carson Macedo, Sheldon Hoddenshield, and Donnie Schatz completing the top five. Feels right now, though, that only the top four are really in the fight. Shots is already over 100 points back. As a quick reset, nobody has more than two wins so far this season, and we ha uh, we've had nine different winners. Brad Sweet leads the way with 10 top fives and 12 top tens in 13 races, and 79 different drivers have appeared with the Outlaws so far this season. Peavely is a staple track on the Outlaws schedule with 14 races completed back through the 2017 season. Sheldon Hoddenshield won the two most recent races there back in August of 2021 during the Ironman weekend, and he's won four times there over that span. Uh, Sweet also has four wins in those 14 races. Kyle Larson has two, Logan Schuhart has one, Rico Abreu has one, and Darren Pittman has two. Obviously, Larson won't be in attendance, so I think, uh, I think Sweet, and Shaw, Sweet and Sheldon excuse me, will be the ones to watch the next two nights. On top of the race wins, they have the best average finish at the track over those previous 14 races as well. The DirtTracker.com analytics prediction formula likes the big cat, and I'm going to agree. If you want to watch both nights, you can do so on Dirt Vision. Just make sure to keep an eye on that weather today. And then to the north up in Ohio, we'll get both the All-Stars and USAC in action. The All-Stars get rolling at Attica after having their opener pushed back a week. And it's been an absolute brutal start to the racing season for Rex Lejeune and Attica. They've had a bunch of weekly shows lost to rain, so hopefully we can get things going in the right direction there this weekend with the All-Stars coming in. As we talked about earlier in the week, Tyler Courtney begins his title defense with a whole host of guys chasing him, including Corey Eliason, Justin Peck, Zeb Wise, and all the All-Star regulars. They'll also do battle this weekend with the Ohio contingent, which is always strong, and those guys will be itching as they haven't really gotten to race much this season. If you're looking for a race win picks this weekend, I'd stick with the all-star regulars here. Last season, full-time teams won all four races at Attica, and the locals haven't been su uh, super successful there in recent seasons. The prediction formula likes Cap Henry tonight, but I think I'm going to go Justin Peck. Peck has won at Attica in the past, and he's already got a 4-10 win this season, actually over at Williams Grove in Pennsylvania. If you want to watch the opener, Flow Racing does have that live stream. And then a few hours south of Attica on Saturday night, the USAC National Sprint Cars will be in action at Atomic Speedway. 
That series hasn't uh, been to this Ohio track since 2010, but actually that night was eventually rained out. So it's been even longer since I had a completed program at Atomic. So for most of the drivers in the field, this will be a new experience racing here. Entering the weekend, we've only had three race nights completed this season, all coming at Bubba Raceway Park back in February. So don't really know quite where we are yet with who's fast. Emerson Axum leads the point standings on the strength of those two wins down south with Justin Grant, Buddy Kofoid, Chase Stockton, and Kyle Cummins completing the top five. We'll have big changes in the standings following Saturday's racing as some of these guys aren't going to be competing, including Kofoid. One driver who will be hoping to move up the order big time, though, is defending champion Brady Bacon. He had a less than stellar opening weekend back at Ocala and finds himself 10th in the standings. The prediction formula is taking Justin Grant for the victory, but I'm going to go uh, with Bacon here to rebound. He leads the series in recent seasons in average finish and most race wins on 3 Ace mile tracks. If you'd like to tune in, remember that all USAC shows are available over on Flow Racing. And if you're a Dirt Lane Model fan, it's a bit of a quieter weekend with neither national series in action. To get your fix, make sure you find the Ironman series over at Ponderosa tonight. The Spring Nationals are at WIF for 10,000 to win. And then there are some other smaller races around the country. On Saturday, we've got 21,000 to win for a combined Spring Nationals Ironman show at Haswell in Tennessee. There are also crates at Gold Nile, Supers at Florence, Carolina Clash at Fayetteville, and the ULMS at Sealands Grove. I'll definitely be checking out those Spring Nationals shows. I think a lot of the big name guys are probably headed in that direction. Drop me a comment below. Let me know what tracks and races you're headed out to this weekend or what you're going to be watching on the streaming services. Also throw in some of your own win picks as well. And there are nearly 20 shows on today's streaming schedule with almost 60 coming for the weekend. That includes the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars on Dirt Vision, USAC Sprint Cars on All-Stars on Flow, and like I said, a bunch of local and regional racing around the country. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Friday and a good weekend. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks, everybody, as always, for tuning in. It was another great week. We'll see you on Monday for more Dirt Tracker Daily.